I am back and this is the BJ Bus episode number 14. Sorry for the delay everybody, I had a couple of rough days down here in Dunedin, especially today. Do not, and I repeat, do not, go eat somewhere where tacos are just $1. Not a good idea at all. You guys aren't here for that, you guys are here for the Blue Jays. So I will be recapping the game against the Phillies in Clearwater and the Jays 2 split squad games today. Also on Prospect Watch, highly touted catcher Danny Jansen. And don't forget, there will be one more term from the Dixon Baseball Dictionary on today's podcast on the BJ Bus. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get things started with recapping the games as always. In yesterday's action, the Jays took on the Phillies in Clearwater. Freddie Galvis got his first home run of the spring as he took Nick Pavetta deep for a solo shot in the top of the third. In the bottom half of the inning, Ryan Barucki gave up his only run of the game to a single off the bat of Gene Segura to tie things at one. Barucki went four and two-thirds, allowing three hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. And Trent Thornton came on in relief for Barucki. I'm going to talk about it as well today, but there was a little bit of a situation that happened with Trent as he hit Bryce Harper on the ankle with a pitch. There was a lot of animosity with Phillies fans regarding that pitch, so I'm going to talk about that later on. In the sixth, Kevin Pillar took a shot to left for his second of the spring as the Jays take the lead, 2-1. to one. John Axford came on in relief for the Jays in the ninth, and he had a rough outing. Shane Robinson got on base to start things off for the Phillies due to a fielding error by Eric Sogard. Nick Williams hit a double to tie things up at two, and Mitch Welding hit a single to advance Williams to third, followed up with back-to-back walks to Adam Hazley and Gifting Gopi, former Blue Jay to win the game for the Phillies in odd fashion as they won 3-2. Moving on to today's games, in split squad action in Tampa, it was a thrashing. Thomas Pinone got the start for the Jays. In the first inning, Aaron Judge hit a solo shot to left, while Gleyber Torres hit a two-run shot to left to take the lead to three for the Yankees coming out of the first. The Jays came back in the top of the second to tie things up at three, as Kendry Morales hit a two-run homer to left, followed up by Richard Arrhenia hitting a solo shot. In the bottom of the second, Thomas Pannone got tagged for another three runs as he gave up a two-run shot to Gio Urshela, and Brett Gardner singled on a grounder to right, closing the books on his day. Joe Biagini came in on relief and gave up a single to Giancarlo Stanton for the Yankees as the lead grew to three. The Yankees did not stop there as Jorge Saez hit a two-run shot. In the sixth, Justin Smoke hit his third of the spring, for a solo shot for the Jays. The Yankees continued their beatdown though as they scored for four runs in the sixth, two in the seventh, and three in the eighth. In the eighth, Joshua Palacios and Danny Jansen brought in three more runs for the Jays, but it wasn't enough as the Yankees beat them down 17 to seven. And today's action here in Dunedin, Sam Gaviglio got the start against the Orioles. He looked good through his first three innings of work as he struck out five. In the fourth, the O's got on the board as Renato Nunez hit a ball off the wall in center to score Mark Trumbo, who got on base from a walk. Brad Wilson came in on relief and gave up a double to his first batter, Steve Wilkerson, who scored Nunez to take the lead to two. In the fifth, Elvis Luciano gave up a bases-loaded walk to allow the O's lead to grow to three. But in the bottom of the inning, things got electric in Dunedin as the Jays tied things back up. Kevin Biggio hit an RBI single, followed by Reese McGuire, who hit an RBI double, 
And Dalton Pompey was all smiles as he tied things up for the Jays on an RBI single at three apiece. Austin Hayes, though, for the Oils, hit the game-winning home run on a solo shot to right field. Today, Jays starters Thomas Pannone went one and two-thirds, allowing six hits and six earned while striking out three. And Sam Gaviglio had a better game as he went three and two-thirds, striking out five and allowing two runs on two hits. After winning eight straight, the Jays have now lost five and tied once in their past six games and now sit at a record of 9-10. and 10. Now, a prospect for the Jays, Elvis Luciano. He was a Rule 5 draft selection this year for the Jays. And here's my opinion. I understand that he's a solid arm, and being that this year may be an up-and-down year for the Jays, but frankly, I don't see why Luciano deserves a spot on the opening day roster just because he's a Rule 5 draft pick and he's 19 years old with a solid arm. Through six and a third, he's given up 10 hits, three walks, and seven runs. Today, for me, the bases loaded walk was just the icing on the cake. He just doesn't look like he is ready to be a part of the pen, let alone the big leagues. Throughout all the games, he has had control issues giving batters great pitches to swing at, and they're taking advantage of that. He's just not ready, and I think he won't be for at least a couple of years. Here's the thing. I don't think it's fair to a guy like Sean Reed Foley, who's had a terrific spring, to get sent down to Buffalo to be a starter when he could be in the pen this season and thrive in a two, three-inning kind of role for the Jays. I understand that Luciano's 19 years old, but find him a way to send him back and work out a deal with KC to bring him back for cash or find a creative way to keep him on the roster but I don't think that he deserves to be a part of this bullpen by any means. He looks like Bruno Caboclo, a guy who's two years away from being two years away. But like I said, I don't think that it's fair to a guy who's worked hard to be in the big leagues this season to just get sent to the minors for a guy who will get tagged in the majors because you know you have to leave him on the roster for the season being that he's a Rule 5 pick. Unless the Jays find some creative way to keep him, I don't think he's deserving of being on the opening day roster. Frankly, that's my opinion. I don't like to be a negative Nancy. I don't want to talk negative things about the Jays, but I don't see this guy being a solid producer coming out of the pen for the Jays this season. Now, moving on, I want to talk about the Trent Thornton situation a little bit. I'm not going to talk about the tweets that were put out there, but here's the thing. I understand Phillies fans, you know what, you guys can be upset, okay? Your star player that you guys go out and sign this offseason and Bryce Harper gets hit by a pitch on his ankle. But if you look at the way that Thornton threw, he came off the mound after the pitch was thrown and he skipped. He knew his pitch was off and unfortunately, it just so happened to be that it was Harper at the plate. I don't care if you're a fan of any sport and your star athlete gets injured as a, re as a result of another player. By no means is there any right for anybody to go on social media and start bashing a player. He's one of the best players in the game. There's no reason to go after a guy and tell him on Twitter he's a piece of garbage. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but go and tell him that he's a piece of garbage. At the end of the day, aside from what happens on the field, the minute that they walk out of the stadium, they're still people. They still use social media. And to be quite honest, I'm really pissed off. I, under, I don't understand why that Phillies fans think that it's okay to go and tell a player that because he hit somebody with a pitch, it was out of his control. Unfortunately, it's a part of the game. 
by no means should people be going on Twitter and taking and ripping apart a player because your star player goes and gets a bruise on his ankle. He'll be fine in a week or two. And this is all going to carry over. But here's the thing. Mental health is a big part of today's society because, what, people just want to be bullies? And if you have nothing better to do with your lives than to sit on Twitter and go out and bash a player because he hit somebody with a pitch? You guys should not consider yourselves fans. You guys should respect the game and understand, unfortunately, things happen, and sometimes it's the best of players that go down and get injured. As fans, if you don't have anything good to say, shut your mouth and move on with your life. Because honestly, tomorrow's a new day, and that player, if he's out for a week, two weeks, a month, a year, and he's got a 13-year contract, you'll see him again. Don't worry, Phillies fans. He will come around and disappoint you. So please, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. It's not fair to a guy like Trent, who's gone and worked his whole career to hear guys who have nothing better to do with their lives than sit on the other end of a phone and tweet out something to him where he's going to see it. We're people at the end of the day. Look at it this way. If you worked in a plant and there were a thousand people that worked in your plant and 400 of those people said you were a piece of garbage, that you're no good at what you do, that you should be fired, that you shouldn't be working on the assembly line, but as a janitor, that's just something to give you guys perspective. But, but how would you feel if somebody said that to you? It would weigh on you. So how do you guys think that he feels? Like I said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all, don't tweet about it, and move on with your lives. Tomorrow's a new day. You'll forget about it in a month. Anyways, enough of that. I don't want to be upset. On that note, I am moving on to Prospect Watch. And today's Prospect Watch is Danny Jansen. Your new starting catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Danny is ranked the third top prospect for the Blue Jays. In 2013, he was drafted in the 16th round out of Appleton, Wisconsin. Danny's first couple seasons in the minors were a rough go as he batted 206 and had an on-base percentage of 299. And in 2016, things were a little bit better, but not much as he batted 218 and had an on-base of 316. But in 2017 is when he really started to get a hold of things. In 2017, he started here in Dunedin, worked his way up to New Hampshire, and ended the season in Buffalo, where he hit for 323, had an on-base percentage of 400, cranked out 10 homers and 48 RBIs in 104 games. Last season in AAA with Buffalo, he had 360 plate appearances, where he hit 12 home runs, 58 RBIs, and batted 275 and had an on-base of 390. When he got called up to the big leagues, he was able to see 95 plate appearances last year, where he batted 247, had an on-base of 347, and had a slugging of 432, all while getting six doubles, three home runs, and eight RBIs for the Jays in just 31 games. Danny has officially been tabbed as the starting catcher for the Blue Jays this season, and I think it's great. Danny's just 23 years old, and he has all the tools to be the next best catcher in baseball. Now, I said it before in the catcher podcast, his defensive abilities, they might never get to the top T 
tier of players. But frankly, everything else looks to be good with Danny. He went two for three in his debut. And in the next game, he got his first big league home run. It's going to be very exciting to see Danny be a part of the everyday roster with the Blue Jays. Because frankly, the Jays really needed that homegrown prospect catcher to come up through the ranks. He really has the potential to be a guy like Buster Posey with a little bit more pop in his swing. He can get on base. He's going to have some decent average. I think he'll probably hit this season for about 280, 290. And he'll probably swat 20 home runs. Having a catcher that can hit is one of the most important parts of the game. Danny's going to probably slide in at the 5 or 6 in the lineup. And even watch out for him as he could be a candidate for Rookie of the Year this season. And he's going to be with the Jays for a long haul. So the great thing is we have these great arms coming up through the system. He's going to know how these guys pitch. And that's so crucial to today's game. I mean, this guy could be on the roster for the next five, six years. Because in my mind, there's no more important position on the field than a catcher. Your catcher is the guy who controls the game. And if everything does go right for the Jays, he's going to be one of the most crucial pieces on this team to help give us that extra little bit of a push in the postseason to potentially reach the World Series once again. And finishing up things today, another term from the Dixon Baseball Dictionary, heavy pitch, a ball that drops sharply as it nears the plate. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, my name is Alexio. I am your host. You can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TBJBus. I am going to be doing another baseball giveaway that will be posted on Instagram and Twitter. So stay tuned for that. I'm out of here. Happy St. Paddy's Day.